Hey, thanks again for making the time and uh, tuning in to our YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, or the podcast, Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan. We believe that we are to be like Jesus, and Jesus was for people. And part of being for people is to know their stories and know that God is with us and God loves us. His grace abounds, and uh, what a great testimony that is. And one with a tremendous story, this is Pastor Kevin Wilson. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on today. So talk to me a little bit, Pembroke, Pembroke, how, how do you even say the town in which you reside? Well, I, I live in a place called Pembroke, Ontario, and it would be about an hour and 15 to an hour and a half uh, you know, hour drive from Ottawa northwest. And uh, so right up high, what they call Highway 17, and, um, and it's, it's uh, just on the edge of Algonquin Park. And if you know where Algonquin Park is, we're kind of on that north uh, east side of it. And uh, beautiful, beautiful area. A lot of it's part of the Ottawa Valley, and uh, just a beautiful place. Uh, you know, if you enjoy the outdoors, you know whether it's in the summer, winter, uh, always a lot of activities to do. Well, there are several reasons why I wanted to have you on and interview you and have you share your story. But one is you are a local church pastor, Wesley Community. Church, can you just talk about what this last year and a half has been for you personally with just your leadership style? How have you had to adjust and uh, just gain perspective and be creative during this last 18 months? Yeah, well, um, yeah, this is it certainly has been an interesting uh, year and a half for us here at Wesley Community. Uh, you know, we, we are a church, I guess, pre-COVID, uh, where we would have an average attendance on a weekly basis about, you know, 110 to 120 people. Uh, you know, we have a role, if you want to say, a membership role, people who would consider Wesley Community their home church, probably about 180 people. And uh, so when COVID hit last uh, March uh, in 2020, I think I went through what everybody went through, trying to figure out how to do church online. And uh, thankfully, I've got a tremendous uh, tech team here uh, that uh, has really stepped up to the plate, uh, have made things happen. Uh, Technology-wise, I'm not the brightest uh, light bulb in the, in, in the group, and, uh, but I've got a team that really puts it together. And, uh, but before I came to Wesley Community, I pastored a church in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We were a very unique church uh, where we, we uh, for the first, I think, six, seven years that I was there, uh, we met in a high school gym. And it was a church plant, and I was the second pastor. Uh, so we were an established church at that point, but more or less operating like a church plant. And then about seven years into the high school, we had to find a new location. We ended up going to a, uh, a movie theater, and which was not uncommon in that area. There was a couple of other churches that had done that. Uh, another Wesleyan church that was quite successful with it, with it called Deepwater. And, uh, and so I just remembered that. And so when we got to about May of 2020 last year, I said to my office administrator, I said, we need to contact the local drive-in theater. And at that point, Ontario was looking to allow drive-in services. And at our church property, we just don't have the capabilities that would really logistically make that happen. And so I contacted a guy by the name of Kevin Marshall, Skylight Drive-In. And uh, I said, are we able to do a drive-in service at your church? And I told him what time I was thinking, and he said, you know what, come ahead. And so last wow. year, the middle of May, we began drive-in services at the Skylight Drive-In here in Pembroke. Uh, 
And now when you're looking at this slide that you're putting yeah. up, it shows me on the screen. Well, if you know about drive-ins, you can't project something onto a screen during the daytime. So we actually, uh, again, my tech team, audio visual team, they uh, built a stage that they would haul in every Sunday, as well as uh, over the course of the first few weeks, really developed and created a uh, fantastic sound booth in a trailer. And so every Sunday they pull both of these uh, in. Uh, it was actually a father-son team along with a couple of other guys that were part of their sound team uh, that put it together. And uh, um, and we did 21 weeks at the drive-in last wow. year. I think there was three or four Sundays where we had to cancel. But basically, we went from the middle of May to the Canadian Thanksgiving Sunday yeah. in October uh, doing drive-in services. And uh, it, it was phenomenal. And we would uh, probably get anywhere between 50 to 60 cars. Yeah. And the neat thing was we actually grew as a church. Uh, there were people that heard about the drive-in church and they came to check out Wesley community and have now become a regular part of our uh, church community. And so this past year, if you've been following the news, we're not like you guys in the United States where things have really opened up. We've been a little bit uh, slower, if you want to say on opening. And, uh, and so uh this spring, we've actually been in a lockdown and they've just begun to, Ontario's been one of the slower moving provinces in Canada in opening up. And uh, so the first Sunday in May, we went back to the drive-in because we couldn't really do services in person. And so we've been doing drive-in services once again uh, at the Skylight Drive-In. Uh, and we're going to have our last drive-in service this coming Sunday. Uh, because this coming Friday, they're going to be opening up Ontario into what they call stage three, which will allow yeah. churches to more or less open up to about 50% capacity is what I'm thinking. And um, hopefully that, you know, we'll be able to move beyond that uh, here in the coming weeks. And so, so we feel like it's time. The one thing when you're doing driving services is you're always dependent on the weather. Right. And so when you've got rain coming in, we're scrambling to record uh, a service because we don't have the capabilities of actually going live uh, up here. The Internet is spotty in some different areas. And so, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. But really, this has been for me anyways, and I think for our church, a home run Yeah, uh, because people have felt safe. Um, and as I said, we've we've attracted new people. Uh, to our church, and they come see who we are uh, as a congregation. We're a very multi-generational church, um, and by that, I mean, we've got a lot of young families. We've had a bunch of babies born over the last two or three years, uh, as well as we've got, you know, a good uh, base of seniors, and um, and then everybody in between, and so I, it's a fantastic church. And it's a Wesley. WesleyCommunityChurch.com, WesleyCommunityChurch.com, if you're listening after on the podcast. But uh, Pastor Kevin, I just want to um, talk to you, and I shared a little bit off air, but I first met you, I think I was 14, 15 years old at a summer camp. You came down and you did the youth program, but you made a huge impact on my life. As a freshman in high school, I felt called to vocational ministry. And seeing someone like yourself, where you probably still are, but at the time you were just super cool and fun, and it was <laughs> it was a great time to be around a normal person that was serving Jesus, following Jesus, and 
that was, you know, who I wanted to become as well. But one thing that still stands out, and no offense to you, but uh, my brother and I grew up playing basketball. We love basketball. I understand that is not your first sport, but you would show up and play basketball with us every afternoon at camp just to spend time with us. And you weren't speaking or praying or taking up an offering. You were just building relationships. And I just still appreciate that. And I wanted to share that with you. But I do have a question in there. When did you realize that relationships were that important, that you would spend time with people, even doing something that didn't come as natural because you knew that would develop into something greater? Well, I think I've always uh, known that to a degree, you know, relationships. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert personality, naturally, and uh, I just love people. And, um, you know, I, I grew up going to church, did not like church as a young person. Uh, church to me was just, it was boring. Uh, I, I saw people really not living uh, what they talked about on Sundays and uh, not everybody, but, you know, different individuals you'd see. And it's like, really, is this what a Christian's all about? And uh, so I, I came to the Lord uh, late in my teen years. I'd actually gone to Bethany Bible College for a year, um, but it wasn't for any spiritual reasons. It was, you know, just because it got me out of my house. And I, I saw it as a year summer camp type thing where I could play hockey and, uh, you know, go to school, uh, but, you know, meet new girls. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, but it was, you know, it was, it was a summer of 83 where I gave my heart to Christ. And, and, I, and then I took a year off school, knew that I wanted to become a pastor. But I always wanted, you know, and still want my relationship with the Lord to show that it's not a, a stuffy relationship, but it's a personal relationship. It's a, it's a, it's a daily growing relationship. And, you know, and I think I'm trying to, you know, you said we met when you were, you know, 14, 15 at Burt camp. And I remember that, but yet I'm trying to think how many years ago was that, you know? And, um, you know, and it was, it was probably, uh, you know, 25 years ago. And, um, you know, but to me, that that's what it's about even today in my my ministry it's all about relationships um you know in building those relationships i i just did a series in our, our church and you can find it um on our facebook page i think a lot of those messages called the fishing hole and that i believe that god you know wants us to find that place where we can fish you know for people yeah. for kingdom uh and it doesn't have to be in your face type it just needs to be you know just just living jesus and i've had a lot of different experiences like i you know from when i was a youth pastor uh in you know impact like i enjoy playing basketball but too often i couldn't play basketball because uh, I, they, they accused me of being too rough for my hockey background because that's my, that's my number one sport. I'm a, I'm a huge hockey fan. I still play to this day, even with the, this gray hair that's uh, forming on the side. Um, but that's one of my fishing holes. Okay. Yeah. Is that I, oh, yeah. I play with a group of guys here in Pembroke. Um, you know, that a lot of them, I mean, churches is, is not in their, in their scope of living. And, um, and they know I'm a pastor. And, uh, you know, my nickname is Rev Kev. 
And uh, that's how they refer to me. And I see that as a, as a honor. I don't see that as being disrespectful. That's just how they know me. But they also know that if they need me, I'm, I'm there for them. And I don't go in and say, you know, hey, watch your language or, you know, listen, you know, you guys got to behave yourselves because I'm here. I, I just go, I'm one of the guys. They know who I am and, and they're very respectful to that. Um, but it, it's just building that relationship. And uh, so. Yeah. And that's so important. And I know I still like to play basketball. I'm 46 now. So, yeah, it had to be a while ago, uh, probably closer to 30 years and 25 years ago when we first met. But. I always pray that I won't uh, embarrass myself. I used to pray that I would play well playing basketball, but now I just don't want to get injured and I just don't want to turn the ball over too much where uh, everybody else gets mad at me on the court. But it's finding those locations. You also did a sermon series. What is your story? I had opportunity to uh, interview Rhonda Moore, Lloyd and Rhonda Moore, good friends of ours. Mm -hmm. I believe... uh, that was either your first ministry job with Lloyd in North Gore, Ontario. Yep. But Rhonda shared so well about how Lloyd finished well. Yeah. What a what a man he was. But you interviewed uh, Rhonda's sister, and you shared some of the things that are brutally honest that happen in life, both for yourself, but also that happen in her life. What is your story when somebody says what did jesus save you from how did he help you when you were weak what is your story kevin wilson well i I shared a little bit about that where it was would have been the summer of 83 that i really solidified my relationship if you want to say um you know like i grew up in the church and i remember different times you know praying that uh that prayer of, of salvation asking jesus to be part of my life um, and, and I don't like to say to ask Jesus to come into my heart. Okay. Like I, to me, it's like, I want Jesus to be part of my life, to, yeah. to walk with me on a daily basis. And, and, um, you know, I growing up, yes, I went to church, but I was no saint. And, uh, there's a lot of things in my, my, my life and story that, uh, th- there are some things I can laugh about now. There are some things that I I regret now. Sure. Uh, but but I also recognize and realize that you know God's not looking for perfection in my life. Uh, he's recognizing that on this earth our life is going to be messy, and uh, and, and we're going to have some decisions that we make that we we may look back on. Um, but I, I remember giving my my life to Christ in 1983, and um, and then even in the next couple three years, I remember one you know for me what really solidified, if you want to say like I was walking with Jesus, I was living with Jesus, but I remember one night I blew it, and uh, I went out with a with a, a friend, and uh, and and he was an old drinking buddy, and we went out and. I was drinking and, and anyways, I saw somebody that I'd been sharing my faith with Hmm. and they were shocked because of what they saw. And it was in that moment that God just said to me, you know, are are, are you going to continue to play games with me or are you going to get serious with me? See, I I often wonder when I was growing up, my big hold, you know, hang up, if you want to say was, is Jesus Christ really who he says he is? Did he truly die for me? 
And did he live? I mean, is this a factual thing? I, I thought I thought when I when, when I would read this book, I literally thought that this book was probably written by one person who was just messing with people's heads. Hmm. And and so I had to study that, look at that. Uh, you know, different authors like Josh McDowell and even today Lee Strobel's story is very similar. You know, to where you know they they tried to disprove the resurrection. So I began to read, especially a lot of Josh McDowell stuff in my younger uh, days back in the you know eighties and nineties. Um, you know his approach to looking at the gospel. Also, I just come to the realization that Jesus Christ really is my Savior. He really did die for me, and and so when I was able to solidify that, and especially when I would mess up like I did that one night. Um, I just realized it was like no more of saying, okay, Jesus, here's part of who I am. Here's all of who I am. Hmm. And it didn't mean that life was going to be easy. I mean, I've, I've had, I went through a divorce. Um, I've remarried, uh, you know, and God has been so good to me. I took a step out in ministry for a bit. And, uh, and even in that moment of, you know, I, I sold cars for a living, um, but God was able to use me there. And again, I never hid the fact of who I was. Right. You know, I was a follower of Christ first and foremost, and I wanted my life to, to represent that. Um, and it, to me, living for Jesus is not something to, uh, you know, uh, regret or or kind of shy away from. To me, living for Jesus is exciting. It, it's like the, you know, the adventures that Christ brings to us. And so, yeah. No, that's really good. And I appreciate that so much. And you mentioned living in Halifax and uh, being at different local churches and uh, places that you resided that expression of you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And with that, I believe it's Oswald Chambers and my utmost for his highest, where it says you cannot take a spiritual day off. Can you just share a little bit deeper about that temptation for some that maybe are younger in the faith or even older in the faith, but not sanctified or rooted, however we want to say it, where they kind of want to take that spiritual day off and go somewhere that, Someone doesn't know them as a Christian, so they don't feel that responsibility of living as one saved by Jesus. Yeah, I, that, I think that, that that's something that we've got to come to understand is that living for Jesus is not something that we do two hours on Sunday. Right. You know, living for Jesus is is something that that, that we've got to recognize is is something that that we're going to do 24 7 365 days a year um you know in i mean does it get hard yes it gets hard it gets very hard um there there are moments where you may want to uh you know chuck your beliefs and and just kind of step out of that for a few moments but when you do there's always if you want to say consequences that will come as a result of that uh and and again you never know who's watching you Right. Like, okay, I look back and think, okay, 30 years ago, th th there's a young guy named Jeff Fuller who was watching my life at a camp, okay? Um, and and knowing the impact that I had there, like, I, I'm very humbled by that, uh, but I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, but it even goes beyond that, like, in, in the work world. Like, I, I often, I think one of the things I was so thankful for was from 2000, to 2007, when I had to, I took a, you know, took a step out of ministry. I'd gone through divorce, uh, separation, divorce, and it was a very tough. It was a deep valley in my life, and I could have, 
you know, if you want to say, say enough with this and chuck it, but I just knew where my hope was, right? Um, my, my hope was in Christ. And, and, and so I, I just, I, I threw myself into that. I remember at the very beginning of that, um, I was, I was one, I was at this, this place and getting some help. And, um, and I remember thinking I was done with ministry. Who would ever want me? And I was with a group of people. They knew I had been a pastor, but I, I, I was at the lowest point of my life. And um, as we were sitting in a circle, they were going to do communion. And somebody said to me, would you lead us in communion? Because you're a pastor. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel like leading in communion because at that moment, I didn't feel like I was worthy. But I remember hearing verb, like I just remember hearing God's voice say, I'm not done with you yet lead yeah and and it was in that moment that i realized that god still had a plan for my life i have a plan for you declares the lord you know it's what the scripture tells us and 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 so 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 when i look at that it it made me realize that you know i i i could have made some other decisions and choices but if i had made those decisions and choices where would my life be today i've got a wonderful wife that i love dearly um you know we were actually college sweethearts and, and that, that was a history. God brought it back around together. Yeah. And we've got a beautiful daughter. I've got three beautiful kids from my first marriage. You know, do, do I regret, you know, some things? Yeah, you know, but but we all have those. But that's the thing. Eh? We're messy. Peter had a messy life. Paul had a messy life. James had a messy life. We can go right down through it, right? And we see the messiness. Zacchaeus, you know, like I'm, the only reason I bring that up is, is I'm, I'm going to be preaching on Zacchaeus this Sunday. And, um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're talking the series right now is come unto me and we're looking at different aspects. Well, if you right. think about that, eh? you know, Zacchaeus, come get down out of the tree. Right. The thing I look at that a lot of, there's a lot of Christians. They want to look at Jesus from the tree. Yeah. They don't want to get any closer, but Jesus says, come, I want to come and dine with you. And so wow. I, I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> no, it certainly does. And, uh, I think it's so important. I forget the famous theologian that said it, but it said that uh, we're simply beggars sharing bread with other beggars. And once we understand that we are all broken, what a place of healing that is to know that we're Mm -hmm. hidden with Christ in God. Um, Going through that divorce, uh, just press into that a little bit more. Uh, You may be aware my wife is uh, actually finishing up uh, chemotherapy treatments. She has three more left. And so we're excited about getting through that. We have other friends that um, have thought, you know, being a Christian would be easy serving God. You know, you just talk about his hope and love and things are going to be okay. Did your faith waver or how did your faith waver during that time of separation and eventual divorce? I, I don't think it wavered as much as I questioned God, what do you have in store for me? You know, I've always, I guess as you were talking here, <clears throat> excuse me, I've always have said this, okay, and, and this, I, you got to hear me on this. I think as a pastor, okay, I I have it easy. Right? Pastoring is not easy, okay, as you know, Jeff, especially in these days. That, all right, that's not what I'm saying, okay? But, but when we talk to our people within our church, about living for Jesus, about, you know, really, you know, spending time with him and whatnot. 
I think as pastors, we get paid to study this book. Right, right. That's what we do. And so for our people within our church, I think it, it can be very difficult for them to, to grow if they don't have that desire. Like that was the one thing I was so appreciative of the seven years that I spent out of me. It gave me an appreciation for what I do as a pastor. And, uh, and, and it gives me a, an appreciation for, um, you know, what, what my lay people are going through on a daily basis. Yes. And, and it was in that seven year period that I, I, I recognized and realized I miss serving God on a full time basis or yeah. being in a church. I miss helping my people understand what does it mean? I also appreciate the fact of how I was able to learn what does it mean to live as a follower of Christ in the world? Hmm. OK, in doing what I do, especially, you know, like in sales and whatnot, to make sure that I was as as you know, that I want to be honorable in all I did. I want to lead with integrity. I wanted my coworkers to know that I led with integrity. Okay. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it's, it's helping our people understand that living for Jesus is not just something that, that, you know, is something we do two hours a week, but it's something that we, we have to throw ourselves into on a daily basis. And there will be temptations, there will be temptations. And if we're not grounded, we're going to succumb to those temptations. And were there times that, you know, I, I had opportunities to? Yeah, very much so. But yeah, I had to trust in Christ in my relationship with him and for him to give me strength to say no when I knew I needed to say no. Because we're living in a very cultural, culturally driven society, Right. You know, it's got nothing to do with right versus wrong. It's what culture dictates. Right. And 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 so as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you really have to be grounded in that. Yeah, you certainly do. And maybe your answer will not be the one I'm hoping for. And I preface that because my son uh, would have been a freshman in college. He took some classes. He dropped some classes. But that year for you at Bethany Bible College, where I attended and graduated as well, I like that they've changed the name to Kingswood University. Mm -hmm. So I, t I tell people I played basketball at KU, which that's a big deal here in the United States. But anyway, when you look back to that year that you went to Bethany Bible College, not wanting to or understanding why, how beneficial was that for you to get out of the house to go to that type of setting? Well, I was going into grade 12 and they had a grade 12 program at that time at Bethany Bible College. And, um, and, and like I said, it was, you know, somebody called uh, my parents and said, if we don't get Kevin to Bethany, we're going to lose him. Hmm. And, uh, and, and they knew where my life was tracking at that point. And so this person really helped make it, you know, happen for my, my, my parents, they, and for me. And, uh, and so I went and, um, I guess sitting in the chapels, you know, because if you remember, you know, you had to yeah. do that. And and you and there were certain courses you had to take. And maybe that's when it began to, you know, help me to grow. And then there were people that all of a sudden you came into contact with um, that 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 you recognized, like, okay, as you said about me, all right, here's this this guy who just is hanging out with us and playing basketball. And yeah, he may not understand all the rules and he might foul us too much. Um, you know, he's still just, you know, he's meeting us where we're at. And and I remember that there were were 
you know, guys that I connected with at Kingswood uh, that that helped me to recognize that or you don't have to, you know, be holier than now to be a Christian. You can you can follow Christ in playing hockey. You can follow Christ in, you know, being God calls us to be in the world, but not part of the world. Right. right? right. And, and honestly, you can't make uh, you can't go and make disciples if you don't get into the world. That's a fact. That's so okay. true. Yeah. And so too often, I think we just want to hide within our churches when we, we, we have to get outside our churches. And so, I mean, did I make a decision for Jesus that first year at Kingswood? No. Uh, but it, it laid a foundation so that when I, I went to Silver Lake camp is where I gave my heart to Christ. Okay. Our district camp, Silver Lake. Um, and I still remember the speaker. His name was Bill Somerville. I have no idea where he is to this day. Um, you know, but I do know that he made sense and it was my best friend. He and I sat there and we looked at each other and we just said, we want this. And we both went to the altar together. And to this day, we're both following Jesus. Now, have there been some rocky roads? Yes. Um, there have been some rocky roads for both of us, uh, you know, but uh, God's been faithful. And that's the one thing, too. Like, I, you know, me and my, my, my heart goes to you and your wife and, and know that you're in my prayers. And I don't say that flippantly. I, I, I truly mean that, Jeff. And uh, I lost my mom at 62 with cancer. And, um, you know, but yet as Lloyd, as you said about Lloyd, you know, I mean, my mom was the same way. She just knew who her savior was and she 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 was so at peace in going to meet her savior well kevin thank you uh, so much couple uh questions then we'll get you out but pastor kevin yeah. wilson he pastors at wesley community church wesleycommunitychurch.com you can find it there and uh, they're doing drive-in this is the final week and then they hope to be back in person as uh the laws in canada change and evolve and that's something that i have a question for you um, I believe I'll show you my hand of cards first. I believe as people, we have a responsibility to our local government. And so I also believe God's Holy Spirit is big enough and the church, the people are strong enough just to meet individually or around campfires, cookouts. For you, how difficult was the pushback on your leadership when some probably were saying, Let's not do what the government says. Let's just gather as we feel we have the right to do. Was there much of that where you are? Not not really here in the Pembroke area. I mean, there were some areas of Ontario where I know that there, there were some churches that, that seemed to push back uh, to what the government was telling us. For me personally, I didn't see it as a, uh, as a, a slight against the church. Right. I mean, right. They, they were closing down everything. Right. And and for me, my heart has been breaking for the small business owners uh, that have in st here, still here in Ontario. Um, you know, it has just been recently a couple of weeks ago when small retail stores were finally able to open, uh, you know, two customers coming into the stores, but very limited. 
Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, there was a lot of things going on there. And I remember saying to a bunch of pastors when we were meeting about this, that I said, let's be careful not to put this as a persecution against the church. Right. Because right. there are businesses that are suffering far worse than we are as a church okay the church is not the building the church is the people and there are many other ways that we have access to being able to help our people grow spiritually in these times whether it be through online services or drive-in services right right okay and so i just i when i would hear some of this stuff it was like you know i don't think it this isn't like where the government's saying okay we're gonna finally you know kind of put the lid on these churches. No, right, no. Right. That, that's not what they were doing. It, it, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. But in Pembroke, we, we, we didn't have this. I think our people, um, like we've got some people who will come to our drive-in service, but they won't come to our in-person service hmm. because they're still nervous, sure. right? And then there's some people who won't come to the drive-in service because it's just not comfortable to sit in a, in a car. And I understand that for some people, or there's other reasons. And and so we've had we've had overwhelming support from our people and the and the community by what we're doing. I mean, and so I mean, I think people are looking forward to coming back to in-person services a week from Sunday. Um, but you know, we're just taking it slow. We want our people to be safe. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want anybody to uh, get COVID-19. And so I'm, I'm hoping that our medical professions have more knowledge in this than what I have. Okay, I know they have more knowledge than what I have on this, you know, but I mean, sometimes, you know, we, we, we all, do I agree with everything? No, but I, 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 God calls us to honor our government, even Jesus honored the government of his day, you know, and, and remember, because there, there were some people that were upset that he wouldn't lead a rebellion. Right, right. And so, yeah. Yeah, and there's so much wisdom in that. And we have to understand, too, it's the uh, local government's first time through this pandemic as well. And uh, so when you're trying to care for people, it's better to go to an extreme than, than the opposite. Hey, yeah. so a lot of people at the church where I pastor, they understand we're a Wesleyan church, but they don't really know much about the Wesleyan denomination. They realize the history of, well, you used to be part of a church called the standard denomination. What does that mean? Does it mean average? You guys were just average. It's like, <laughs> no, we talked about raising the standard. But being a part of a denomination, I love the fact it gives me accountability guidelines, guardrails, of which probably, you know, 85 to 90%, I'm 100% on board of that 85 to 90%, but there are some things that I just choose to submit to because those distinctives are worthwhile and they help me. For you, being part of the Wesleyan denomination, how beneficial is that to you? And what do you enjoy most about being a Wesleyan? <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I mean, you tell somebody that you're part of the Wesleyan Church, and they say, well, what's a Wesleyan? Well, I always say, well, you, you have the Baptist here, the Pentecostal here, we're in the middle, you know, right. type. So, right. um, you know, but yeah, it, 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 I am not big, like, I, I want to, I'm not big on denominations. Like, I, I, I think they're what I would say a necessary evil. 
Okay, because I agree with you. They give us accountability. I grew up in a Wesleyan church, so that's partly why I'm part of the Wesleyan church. Uh, but one thing I like about our denomination is, is that when they set forth the guidelines or the standards by which they desire for us as members and the clergy to live by, there's biblical reason. Yeah, It's not because it was, it was man-made or designed Okay, but there's biblical reasons why they, they set forth the various guidelines for living. And I can go to our what we call our Wesleyan discipline and 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 you you see all the scriptures that are listed under each of the articles of religion, right? And the, the guides for holy living. Um and you know, are we perfect? No, no. I mean, let, let's be honest, you know, Jeff. If we had a gone, if we go back 40 years ago, right. or 50 right. years ago, as a divorced man, I would probably wouldn't have been ordained in the Wesleyan Church. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and there are some things that have changed over time um, that, you know, biblically speaking, there was no, you know, if you want to say scriptural guidance for these things, there, there are the black and whites within the scriptures. And then there's the gray areas. Right. Right. Okay. And, and, and we still work through some of that. I think one of the things I'm so proud of within the Wesleyan church is the fact that, that, that we have so many uh, women who are ordained elders, you know, and, they're, they're, and, and again, I'm not to put down any other denomination, but I'm so thankful because th th there, there are a lot of, women in my own life who have impacted me sure. and, and one of them was our, our one general superintendent we had joanne lyon yeah. uh, just to listen to her and and, and whatnot and, and and you know so the history that we have we were one of the very first denominations ever to ordain a woman and uh and fantastic you know praise the lord like you know that we can have that partnership and uh you know then there's other issues that we could get into here maybe this isn't the time to do that but i'm like you I think, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm on board. Uh, we've got a great denomination. Wesley Community, the reason why this church is named, we were a standard church. And one of the reasons why we're called Wesley Community is because the pastor at that time wanted to kind of send a message to the standard church. Let's join the Wesleyan church. Hmm. So we called the church Wesley Community Church. Well, WesleyCommunityChurch.com is where you can find more information. Pastor Kevin, thank you again for making the time. And some people maybe listening or uh, watching will laugh because shortly after, uh, or sorry, shortly before you came to Burke Camp, uh, you weren't allowed to wear shorts. And your hair when you came probably would have been too long for some or maybe was too long for some. But I love the fact that we have a personal responsibility to love Jesus in a way that reflects him in and through our life. And what you shared about inviting God into your life and not just your heart just is uh, so poignant. And I just thank you so much for sharing that. But Pastor Kevin, again, I just appreciate your testimony and your witness since I was a teenager up until now and even beyond. And so I'm grateful for you and for your obedience to follow Jesus. So thank you for that. And after such a compliment, I will ask one request. Would you just pray for us here in Vermont and uh, our church? Yeah. Living Hope Wesley. I, I will share with you that, you know, like I, I actually went to Stowe, Vermont one time uh, to Ron Miller's yeah. Um, yeah. You know, place that he would often do uh, teaching. So I, I'm a little bit familiar with where, where you are. And, uh, and so, you know, 
but I would, I'd be honored to pray for you, Jeff. And again, what's your wife's first name? Bethany. Bethany. I should remember that. Yeah. Bethany. So, but yeah, no, I, I'd love to be able to pray for you, for you, your ministry. And, and yeah. So Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you've been here this morning and it's just been so good to reconnect with Jeff uh, in this venue. And I thank you for his ministry. And as we've connected through the years and, and uh, we, we talk about these days of how we've had to, to reinvent church, so to speak, um, where in-person services haven't always been, uh, you know, the way to go because of this pandemic. Uh, but I thank you for technology like this and how we're able to use it for your glory. And I pray that I don't know who will be watching this, but maybe somebody will come across this and they'll listen. And uh, through this, that they would have their hearts stirred um, and recognize the need for a Savior. And it's not coming to you in perfection, but it's, it's, it's coming to you as we are and then allowing you to change us. Jesus, I thank you for that change that you've made in my life and the change you've made in Jeff's life. And uh, God, I just pray that you would just uh, use this podcast, uh, this interview, uh, to speak into somebody's life. I pray for Bethany right now, and Lord, just in her journey, that not only she's gone through, but Jeff has gone through, their children. And Lord, I pray that, that, that you would be with them as a family. And I thank you uh, that they are surrounded by a church family who I'm sure has loved them through this. And so, God, we pray for your hand upon her, touch her. And uh, Jesus, uh, may you just continue to heal her. Lord, I believe that we serve a God who can do the impossible, that you are unstoppable. In Jesus, so we pray for your hand upon her life, that you would touch her in a way that her life would be a testimony for your healing power. And so, God, we pray for Jeff and for Bethany in this day. God, be with us in our churches. Uh, may we change the world, not by anything that we do, but all that you do. God, may your spirit descend upon us. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Kevin, thank you so much. Um, oh, my, touch. My, my pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. And um, on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, the podcast is Living Hope Wesleyan. And uh, we're so thankful that God loves us. He's here with us and he's certainly for you as well. We'll talk to you all again soon.